Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. This week's guest is the wonderful, inspiring, and insightful Cynthia Harvey, a London-based hair artist who has been recognized for her contribution to fashion by the British Fashion Council, as well as being named a beauty game changer by Vogue Business in their inaugural 100 Future Innovators list. And most recently, she was recognized in the business of Fashion's 500. She's also on the go-to list for fashion brands such as Gucci and Louis Vuitton, and she's worked on the heads of many of your favorites, such as Solange Knowles, Kendrick Lamar, Michaela Coel, and her most recent cover has seen her working with singer Pink Pantheress for ID Magazine. I think the reason Cyndia is in such high demand is because there's simply no one else like her. She is the quintessential artist and hair just happens to be her preferred medium. In this episode, Cyndia looks back fondly at how her Jamaican upbringing instilled in her an ingenuity that has always fed her creativity. She also shares on her love and trust in Vipassana meditation and I was really intrigued by this. She's also going to explain why she feels apprehensive as much as I do around the concept of the word beautiful, beauty, and just labeling something as beautiful. Cindy also shares the reasons why she felt compelled to create a short film, This Hair of Mine, back in 2016, and how that led her to finally enter the world of hair care with her scalp serum. I'll find a link to the film or at least information on it for you and share it in the show notes. Personally, I felt this was a really valuable conversation for me. I'm really grateful that this happened, especially as at the time of recording, Cynthia was eight months pregnant. So she clearly had more pressing matters going on in her life. So I really appreciate that she took the time out. And honestly, I really think this conversation is a gift to you because Cynthia is a reminder of the importance of staying connected to who you are as a creative. And I would like to say, even at this time, as a human being. And if you've lost that connection, you should do all you can to find it again. So I think Cindy is so inspiring. She's truly a seeker of self-knowledge and she's truly an artist who values her work. So I know these words will resonate with you. Let me know. I hope you love it. Take me through your morning routine from skincare, phones, as long as it's all honest. <laughs> There's no judgment here. <laughs> from when you wake up, when you open your eyes. I, I wouldn't really um, call it a routine. I, I wouldn't say that I have a routine as such because it changes so often and it depends on the season. It depends if I'm traveling or not. Obviously, I'm pregnant right now so also that kind of impacts it massively as well so there is no routine really I mean when I open my eyes I do reach for my phone that is actually the first thing I do (laughs) like and even if I just check it for like a minute like I will just reach for my phone and I hate obviously everyone hates that they do that but it's the first thing I do and then sometimes I might some this is just sometimes sometimes I might meditate you know if I'm having a day off if if I'm working then I probably will just kind of open my eyes look at my phone I do like really slow mornings um my favorite time of the day actually is 
just when the 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 light is breaking just like, like when dawn is coming because it just feels like you're the only person in the world and i think that's as much as root that's that as that is as much routine as my mornings gets just kind of that one moment where i just kind of like take that moment in <laughs> um but yeah that is that is pretty much that is what i do in the morning so i wake up and um i do that and then i will come downstairs i'll probably make a coffee and then i yeah start my day by getting in the shower or whatever it may be tell me about the meditation part is that something that you've been doing for a long time a few years ago i um did vipassana i don't know if you know what that is so it's just basically a silent retreat so i went to thailand and i stayed in the jungle in thailand and stayed at a monastery for two weeks and just meditating for two weeks every single day for like six hours a day not six hours consecutively but you know you'd have like morning lunchtime and then um in the evenings and I think doing something like that so intensely it kind of builds this like muscle in you that you just never forget so it's like I could not I mean when I came back from that trip I would I meditated every day for a year and then it kind of slowly fell off and fell off but it's something that I can really easily tap into and access. So if I feel a bit overstimulated or like my, my, you know, I just, sometimes you just feel the, the, you just feel it in your body when you need to quiet yourself. So it's something that I can always tap into no matter where I am. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't need a specific setup or setting to be able to, to meditate. I can meditate anywhere, which I think is really, really great. Okay, but you need to tell me what made you do the silent retreat in the first place. <laughs> well, I think there are points in my life where I feel like, where I just seek something much bigger than myself. And it was one of those points where I was just like, oh, wow, like, you know, you you, you kind of like, you're, you exist, but are you really existing? And I was kind of stuck in that space of not really you know, connecting to much or just kind of like a lack of, 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 of spiritual spirituality, basically. I, I think for me, like when, when I have that, I can really feel the, 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 the detriment of like not accessing something just kind of bigger than what you see in front of you. So yeah, I just wanted to get away and experience this thing and, and thought how, what's the best way to kind of like get out of my mind into my body. <laughs> Spend two yeah, because weeks at a, a lot of people, a lot of people would just be like, let me take a holiday. <laughs> but you were like, let me go and be silent. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, solitude has always been what I turn to when I feel desperate, you know? <laughs> Same. Yeah. It's like some things only you can fix or attend to. When exactly. You're on your own. Exactly. Exactly. So it sounds like you are a spiritual person, though, for you to reach for that. Yeah, I suppose like I'm, I'm, I always am, you know, seeking something more meaningful than just, you know, what's in front of you every day or, you know, the material world. I'm always seeking something more than that. So, you know, yeah. So there are these moments in my life where I just embark on these kind of like radical uh, things. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so take me back to like your younger days because 
you use the word seeking there. And that's actually one of my favorite words, especially when I'm speaking to a creative, because I think that's what art is and hair is art. And I feel that art can only happen when you're seeking something because it's not Mm -hmm. like you know everything and you just churn stuff out. But can you take me back to your younger self? Like, what was your first when you kind of noticed what beauty is in the world? I, I actually don't like the word beauty. Tell me why. I <laughs> No, because I had a similar thing. Um, I had, uh, I felt uncomfortable asking people when they feel beautiful because I don't yeah. think that is something that everybody feels or relates to. So yeah. tell me why. Because I, I think most, for the most part, when someone says beauty, it's, it's kind of like, it's a very, um, limited way that they're looking at that word and for me beauty is a feeling that you possess it's not like a tangible thing it's not something um you know it's not something that you possess physically you know um so yeah it always kind of like makes me a little bit um apprehensive to to kind of like answer questions like that like what does beauty mean to you and actually what beauty means to me is just a radical sense of self you know and like just kind of like yeah like a radical sense of like self 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 expression and and when I say radical that's not to be confused with like you know looking the most outrageous in the room it can be in those really quiet expressions as well you know what I mean and so I think beauty that's what beauty beauty means to me now and it's what it's always meant to me I think um and again it goes back to to kind of like my solitude thing which is such an important part of who I am actually and 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 I I don't think I would be sane if I didn't have those moments of like you know quiet like the quiet (laughs) the quiet times is like super I think that's what keeps me going is being able to completely disassociate from the noise and just spend time with yourself in solitude and to me that is really beautiful take me back to like because obviously today you are Cynthia Harvey world renowned for your hair artistry like you are the person, do you know what I mean, that can create the most beautiful, thoughtful hair work to me. Mm. But I need to go back to how that even began. So, like, when you're young, Cynthia, were you, did you grow up in Jamaica or were you just born there? Or No, I, I grew up there until I was 11 years old. Okay, so yeah. what... What was in young Cindy back then that has led to who you are now then? Like, did you have an eye for seeking your version of beauty back then? I don't think I was, or or at least not that I was aware of. <laughs> it's different, um, I think, when you're a child, isn't it? It's just Yeah, exactly. Like I de- if I was, I definitely wasn't aware of it. And and um yeah, but I suppose like I grew up around creativity and in 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 the sense that my my mum or more than creativity actually I grew up around ingenuity which is <laughs> yeah. which I think is you know kind of like the seed of creativity right like um so I grew up in Jamaica very modest in a very modest home um in rural rural Jamaica as well like I grew up in Manchester 
And, you know, my mum was a single parent of three kids. And so I also had like a really, really vivid imagination as a child. And so also that kind of like informed, you know, how I, you know, how I think, how I think back then, you know, what the... Yeah, and and therefore how I think now and how I approach things. But I just love scrappy stuff. (laughs) I always say I'm like the scrappy hairdresser. (laughs) Your work doesn't look scrappy, but I I get what you (laughs) say. But scrappy isn't bad. Scrappy is not a negative thing. (laughs) It's just being able to be really crafty and like looking at something that looks like absolute shit and turning it into gold, you know? Um, so that's kind of like how I look at life. Basically, I really see the beauty and maybe this goes back to the beauty as well. I really see the beauty in, you know, really mundane things sometimes. And cause I, I can, you know, imagine what it could be. And actually in my work, I like, for me, the most satisfying part of my work is the build up to that final beautiful image, you know? not the beautiful image itself. Of course, I love that, but it's the build up to that, that kind of like gives me the most satisfaction because I'm, you know, that's where I'm able to play and be like, oh, like, you know, let's try this. Let's try that. Oh, that doesn't work. Let's burn it and start again. I love that. And yeah, so I think like Jamaica actually gave me this wonderful gift of ingenuity, which I treasure so much I get that my dad's Jamaican and just I know how like he's ha- he's handy right he he can sew you know yeah <laughs> <He> can, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean it's like everybody can do something with what yeah you know yes. you fix your socks you don't go buy a new pair of socks, that's it you know? that's it um, <laughs> so I love that and it's like he'll tell me stories of like you know, going fishing, it will literally be with a stick and whatever you find. This, you know, this is fishing. it. This is it. And it's just yeah. like, it's beautiful and I love it. And even when I go back to Jamaica now, mm. um, I go every year, I, I visit a lot. You know, that's the thing I love about it most because it hasn't lost that charm <laughs> as developed as it is now. Mm. You know, it still hasn't lost that, that kind of like rustic hands-on way of life <laughs> it's, beautiful. it's beautiful I've only been once I would love to go every year it's yeah it's a beautiful place so tell me when did hair start becoming a potential career for you what age was that well I never thought about being a hairdresser my entire life even having grown up around it um because my mum was a hairdresser and you know I've spent many spent many many hours in her salon after school like watching participating because I I just love doing stuff and 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 having like a real natural talent for it even at such a young age but I never thought about being a hairdresser I never wanted to be a hairdresser in fact I wanted to be anything but a hairdresser because (laughs) because you didn't want to do what your mum did or not even that but because hairdressing was was not kind of like considered like you know a profession in Jamaica it's kind of like looked a bit looked down on and you know the potential that you can reach is like not very far it's kind of like something that you do for your friends or whatever so it wasn't like an industry where people that people respected that much and so I had that lens right of like oh like you know it's kind of like 
I won't be respected. <laughs> like, so your mum's um, salon was in Jamaica? Exactly. Right, okay. So yeah, so I didn't want to be a hairdresser for that reason. Anyway, so at 16, I... I left home when I was 16 years old. Like I had to leave the family home and like, you know, basically go in. I'm estranged from my family. And so I've been like independent, like since I was 16 and I was trying to go to college and like do the, you know, normal academic stuff, which I'm just not good at. I'm just not, (laughs) or at least not at the time. Cause I was on, I was so stressed and on the so much pressure without even realizing it, you know, I'm 16 year old. Just trying to be independent. Yeah, I'm a 16-year-old woman who's just left home. And it's like, how do you find your feet? How do you find your way in the world? What are you going to do? It's like such a scary kind of like... It's a lot. Yeah, position to be in at such a young age. So I think then I turned to hairdressing as something... I considered hairdressing as something that, oh, I know I'm really good at that thing. And like, that thing is going to make me feel really good right now. I'm going to go and do that. (laughs) Because wow. I can like excel at that, you know what I mean? And so that's kind of like my what why I started hairdressing. So I dropped out the next year in college, I dropped all my courses and then went on the hair course. And yeah, it like I imagine just kind of like flew through it <laughs> and it gave me all the purpose and intention that I was looking for. It was something I was really good at, it made me feel good. It's something that people that I stood out for because, you know, I was kind of like for such a new hairdresser was quite advanced or not even advanced, but in that someone could show me something once and then I would just like get it, you that's know? Um, yeah. So that's kind of like when I went into hairdressing and then I started working in a salon and I worked in a salon for five years which was my training ground, you know, in a, in a, you might know the salon, it's called Hype Couture. I knew you were going to say hype. I knew you were going to say hype. We're all I felt like it has to be hype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I had five wonderful years at Hype. Um, and it was, yeah, literally my training ground. It's like everything that I know now, everything that I do now, um, wow. in terms of like the, the, you know, the, the pressure that's applied in the, in, in the industry that I work in today, the pressure and the, the demand and the speed at which you have to create hype prepared me for all of like being in that environment prepared me for all of that. So yeah, that, that it's like very rarely is something too pressurized for me because I feel, Oh my God, it's like literally like nothing is ever, <laughs> It's never going to be that. I'm working in <laughs> No matter what, it's never going to be that again. <laughs> so, yeah, you. I feel well prepared from that. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds to me like there's something that I, I often say to people, there's something that makes you very specifically who you are. Like there's this journey you've taken to where you are now mm. because to do that as a 16 year old, to make that decision for yourself, to go back to the thing that when you were in your home country, you would, you never would have thought about it, not as a Mm -hmm. career. Like I'm trying to work out what makes you that way. You definitely seem to have this core that like, you know yourself. So like, you know, when you need a break, you know, you can handle it. Where does that come from? Yeah, that's a really great question because 
I get, I don't really know where it comes from, but if I, I think my mum having like three kids at such a young age and kind of just us growing up and growing up in Jamaica with very little. So therefore she had to be at work, you know, most of the times or whatever. So we were quite independent. I've always been quite independent from, from a really young age and had like a very strong point of view of, (laughs) of like, you know, how I wanted to exist in the world. And I think as well, there's something about, and I, 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 I'm, I always try to figure this out, but I'm not someone who seek validation at all. <laughs> and I think a lot of the way that I am stems from fundamentally that, you know what I mean? Because I think once you stop seeking validation, you, you, you're so free. You become so free. You become so much more of yourself. <laughs> Tell <you're>... <laughs> everybody on social media, Cynthia. <laughs> What's that? Tell everybody on social know, media, I please. I know, I know. And that's actually, even when I look at how I engage with social media, it's like, I can take it or leave it. Like, I love looking at it. I love scrolling, but I can easily, like, take it or leave it. <laughs> if it was gone tomorrow, you're yeah, still you. Yeah, it doesn't give me any kind of, like, it doesn't move me. Social media just doesn't move me in that way. So, yeah, if it was gone tomorrow, I'll be fine. And I'm not saying that I don't love it or I don't engage with it or it's bad or it's whatever. But I think I have a quite um, positive way of interacting with it or as positive as you can get, really. <laughs> yes, yeah. But you don't feel that that desire to please, to be no. seen, to not. be praised, the likes. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. And I don't know where that, I I honestly don't know where that comes from. I I just think Mm. maybe it's just from being, you know, so independent at such a young age. Or maybe I think, (laughs) now, if we're going to go into a little bit of therapy, I actually think it comes from just being so disappointed by my caregivers like my entire life so then your expectation drops a little bit right so when like your expectation drops it's like you don't really need everything else becomes a bonus you know what I mean 100% (laughs) yeah you have to take a positive from that I I get what you mean it's like this has just not been what it was meant to be what it was built up to be especially when you get older and you see oh that's how that was meant to be that's what a caregiver does or yeah that's what that means but I didn't get that so I'm already on a level where you can either you can either be a positive or you won't really matter yeah yeah yeah. anything that comes to you will be a positive or it'll just be a flat you know yeah but it can't take you just like you said about hype nothing can take you (laughs) back to that feeling because you've already done it yeah um it's like you've accomplished these levels in your life, so you're very sure of who you are. And yeah. that is so cool. Like, yeah, and obviously, you know, I am sure of who I am in a sense, but also we unsure sometimes still. I'm not saying that mm. I'm above anybody else or, you know, I'm this kind of, like, advanced, like... No, but you're likely <laughs> to keep changing anyway. All of a sudden, like, jumps or the, 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 the um, side effects of, like, modern society, because I haven't, right? But... um. I try to have like a really measured, like I'm not an irrational or impulsive person at all. Like I'm a very measured person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. 
Well, that's very healthy because, yeah, going back to social media again, you can, when you're not on a kind of like a measured approach, you can react positively, but you can react oh so negatively mm, as well when yeah. someone says something. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's really healthy that you have that in you because I think that's hard for a lot of people. Mm. And, um, and I do think... Like you said, it doesn't mean you've reached this level. I think you're going to continue to grow because you're someone you seem like you sort out the the retreat. You're going to have these times where you're probably just going to go on to a different level of that. Mm. But at the core, you seem to just be, I'm good. I'm I'm me. I'm okay. You know. Yeah. Um, For the most part. <laughs> yeah. But I want to know a bit more about your creative process because I love mm-hmm. to know. Like, are you someone? So when somebody comes to you and they they want to work with you, so like say it's a for a fashion show or an editorial, how do you start things? Are you someone that's like you have an idea in your head, you see it and you work towards it, or are you more of an explorer trying to work with a brief and learn stuff and then come up with the end result? It's like hair to me, of course you have to be you have to be technically capable. But hair to me is not technically what you can do. You know what I mean? It's not about the technical aspect. It's like everybody knows how to pull a hair back in a, in a tight ponytail. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. step one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the process always begins with like, you know, I really like the storytelling. Hair is a feeling really. Like, you know, like you have, like the storytelling part of it is super important to me. That's kind of like, where I always begin and then kind of like build out a world that way rather than me thinking, Oh, rather than someone saying, Oh, we've got this shoot. It's like, I'm not also, I never am truly married to an idea. It's like, for me, it's like, I can have them. I can think I have the most amazing idea in my head and I get to this shoot and, you know, I then see the location. I then see, the style and I then see the actual model like what is the model what what energy are you getting from her what is she giving you how is she influencing like what you might do because you have to think about you know all these things it's not like an isolated thing (laughs) that happens everything else feeds into what you might end up doing and I think the cleverest thing or the probably the most um, valuable thing. Sorry, not clever. Value the most val- valuable thing a hairdresser can know is when not to do anything. <laughs> that must be a hard skill to develop. That's you got to get those reps. It's a hard skill to develop, and not many people, you know, ever develop it because you you always want to show what you know, like. It has to be what you can do every time and actually again going back to those quiet expressions sometimes they're the most impactful have you got any specific work or imagery that you're the most proud of i'm a brand founder my brand is called the seraph mine and the the genesis of that brand was um one day realizing that my portfolio was this was in 2016. I was flicking through my portfolio and then I realized like, oh shit, like my portfolio is like over 90% Caucasian models and on Caucasian hair, um, which was very reflective of, of the industry at the time, right? What we're talking about, what's that, seven, eight years ago or something? Mm-hmm. 
is that I don't know what two thousand years ago, yeah. seven years ago, which was very reflective of the industry at the time. And so, you know, coming from my background, like working in hype for all those years, you know, actually. I'm also a black woman. And, you know, then I looked at my portfolio and there's just nothing reflective of like my history, you know, my culture or myself. And so, again, I just had this like radical reaction to like just do, you know, like the put these women on the biggest stage and, and platform that I that I could at the time um, and produce this really beautiful film this hair of mine and then fast forward a few years later had a similar realization but in a very different way I'm now you know a really at the time when I did that film I was m- a much more um, younger artist when I'm now like you know more established and I'm thinking in a different way you know I've, and then yeah I was look I looked in my kit one day and I was like oh you know, on one side of my kit, there's like all these amazing fancy products that I can get from your liberties, your selfridges, your whatever. And the other side of my kit is like full of packed stuff for like my textured hair, the textured hair models and clients. And I was like, huh, (laughs) you know, so I've got this for let's say Kate Moss and like this shit, you know, this crap for night, you know, this stuff for Naomi Campbell. They're both the same people existing on the same, you know, walking in the same circles. Yet I have to go to PAX to buy for one and then I can go anywhere basically to buy for the other. And so I wanted to create a brand that was truly reflective of, you know, that was just like elevated and, 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 um, you know, kind of like, in a way to reclaim our self-care practice um, and and get away from all these harmful, ugly products, quite frankly. I, I, you know, I'm, you know, a little bit bougie and I like to nice stuff. It's like, if my skincare can be nice, why can't my hair care be the same? Mm. You're so right. Whenever I speak to a nail technician, most of them, their nails are never done. Whenever I speak to a makeup artist, most of them, when they're on set, <laughs> they don't wear, wear makeup. Tell me about your hair. Are you? Well, this is kind of like, as you see it now, is basically like how it is most of the time. And, so um, just braided? Just braided, yeah. Right. Just braided. <laughs> or sometimes I do wear like, wear it out in an afro in, in the summer when it's not so humid. And I know it's going to look good for a couple of days consistently. <laughs> British weather. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just simple braids. It's just like I love my box braids. I actually love like my favorite. Um, I think you're going to get to this question like when I feel most beautiful because I think for me when I feel most beautiful is when I have a fresh manicure and I always only ever have nude. I have a pedicure and it's always just a naked pedicure, so no polish but like a nice buff. Nice. And when I have like really nice underwear on and my, my braids are about 10 days, two weeks, 10 days to two weeks old. (laughs) And that's when I feel the most me. (laughs) I love that. But are you someone that can be, because I loved how you said you can have an idea, but when you get to the set, it could all change based on like the energy of the model and stuff. I think that is a really healthy attitude because like you said, some people just want to be like, well, I'm here. I've got to, I've got to do something. I've got to show who I am. I've got to show what I'm yeah. capable of. Yeah, for sure. Um, you don't have to do everything. But like yeah. I said, I think that's a hard thing for people to learn. It's a what hard thing you... for people to learn. It's something you mature into. I think maybe right. when I was like a younger 
artists, I would have been more kind of like, oh, yes, I'm here. I'm going to like, you know, do the most. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's something that you really learn, like when to do the most and when not to. <laughs> right. And what are the, just for any, because I know a lot of hairdressers will listen to this because I know a lot of people love you. What other strengths or advice comes with time? Like as you go through the motions, as you get mm. your reps in, what else have you learned that you're just, what gets better? Yeah, I I think, um, yeah, so, so that is one thing that we just touched on, obviously, like knowing when to hold back and when to, you know, really go for it. Um, another thing as well is that I think um, is really valuable as well and one of the most valuable things or sustainable because, you know, I think this career is about longevity. It's not seasonal. It's not about who is hot this season and like, you know, who is hot, you know, that season. It's like you want to make sure that you have a really long career and to have a really long career, you want to make sure that you don't burn out and you don't run out of ideas. So that's why it's really good to know when to pull back and when, when, you know, when it calls for going crazy and when it calls for not going crazy. And for me, I think quality over quantity is so important. And I think when you're a young artist, you do feel pressured to just churn, 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 churn out stuff. And it's like out of 10 shoots that you're churning out and really putting yourself under intense pressure to do, probably only one of them really is going to be amazing. <laughs> Rather than actually, if you take your time and and um you know conceptualize like it took me like two years to conceptualize this hair of mine the film like <laughs> because I was surprised. like you know I don't want to rush it it's like and I also you know like there's there's stuff like calls me it's like you know when when I'm doing personal work it's like I don't just do it because, oh, I just want to like do, I've got to fill this magazine pages and I, you know, I've got to do, you know, a story, a season or whatever it may be. It's, it's kind of stuff that really moves me deeply. So it's like, I do spend a lot of time in the kind of like pre, <laughs> like the ideation of, of, of that shoot. And, and then it's, yeah, it's like, I did that film eight years ago and it's still as impactful today as it was seven years ago sorry um and that's with all the work that I do you know what I mean like nothing is forgotten because it's like you really nurtured the idea before you produced it and before you you offered it out to the world rather than churning 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 and like honestly like no one remembers it that is the truth <laughs> so it makes sense that so, you do it right for you yes yes take your time like quality is going to far outlast quantity and yeah quantity is just seasonal quality is timeless oh i love that <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy quote right there thank you <laughs> so because you've already kind of answered the question that i usually kind of end on which is when you feel the most you which i changed from beautiful because of what we said earlier on I'm right like, okay give some people the ick you know, they're like, well, oh, I don't feel beautiful, actually. Well, I don't call it beautiful. Yeah. But, um, instead, I wanted to ask you, because I do feel like you've got a beautiful story. 
like your life is a beautiful story and there's so much more to come obviously you know you're going to have your own child mm. in a few weeks um but i wanted to know like if you could give advice back to young cindia when she made that decision i'm going to i have to leave i'm mm. going to do life by my own rules what what could you tell her? if you were your own caregiver what what would you have said to her back then I think I just would have encouraged her because I think fundamentally human beings are, are capable of much more than we give ourselves credit for. And even as a newborn baby, <laughs> you are capable of so much than what the adult gives you credit for. Um, so, yeah, if I if I were to think about it like that, I would, yeah, totally just push her in that direction quicker than... <laughs> <laughs> she did. I love how you, you know, you talked about imagination early on, which I think is so crucial to having ideas and then mm. giving yourself the time and the quiet to actually make those become something. So, you know, you produced this hair of mine in 2016. What is your next thing you're dreaming of? What's the next thing you're imagining for yourself? Now, that is a really good question, because one thing that I've never been able to do is think too far ahead. (laughs) And I I don't know. And again, obviously, like all these, you know, like all of this, I guess, comes from from the way I grew up, right? Like being so itinerant for most of my life, not really having a lot of stability. So you can't, you don't really, you know, thinking ahead is like you, 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 it's, it's kind of like a luxury almost. It's Mm -hmm. like a pastime when you have nothing to worry about, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think, and I, and I think I'd love to be able to say that I live in the present, (laughs) but even though I don't think ahead, I don't think it's because I live in the present. You know what I mean? It's just right. kind of like, it's almost kind of like a mechanism that I've built, but I've never really been able to like think too far ahead. I'm really a person who focuses on what is happening, what is happening now. It doesn't mean that I don't have dreams and aspirations and ambition, but I couldn't tell you like where I see things five years, 10 years from now, because you know, life is so transient, if that's the right word to use, you know what I mean? And I think that's what I embrace more than having these really defined um, and structured kind of like goalposts. <laughs> um, I'm really malleable. It's like I'm a problem solver. So I kind of actually quite like when I don't plan too much ahead and then something is in front of me and I have to deal with it then and there, you know what I mean? And like, pivot and move and shift and just do what I need to kind of like make it work work for me yeah, like for me that's that's more exciting in life than thinking about like <laughs> I think it also goes back to what you said earlier when you're like this then you're not going to um put all your eggs in one basket and you're, or you're not going to put all your faith in this one thing and then it doesn't work out and then yeah. you're going to be disappointed so it seems it feels like yeah already you're always okay with a jump or a pivot yes yes you'll be okay do you know what i mean yeah for sure this was a great chat by the way (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) i had had a nice talk as well thank you 
So that's it. What did you gain from this conversation with Cindy? I would really love to know. I really want to know if she had the same impact on you as she has me. You can let me know over in the DMs on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter, at BeautyMePodcast, or you can email your thoughts to BeautyMePodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be amazing if you could leave a review or a rating wherever you'd like to listen, because it just helps other potential listeners find the show. Don't forget, there's also a free newsletter over at beautymenotes.substat.com and you can find some visuals to go with my chat with Cynthia over on my TikTok at Sharice Kenyon. I'm also going to be sharing some very new content with you soon over on YouTube. I say soon, it might be December, it might be January, but I'm definitely going to leave you a link to my YouTube in the show notes because there is already content up there, but I'm definitely going to be building it up so much more for you over the coming months. Thank you so much for listening. I know these are not the best of times. I know there's a lot of uncertainty and distress, discomfort. And I feel for some, they wouldn't even put an episode out. But for me, sitting in discomfort is nothing like what many people are going through elsewhere in the world. So I really hope that if you chose to listen today, you found some inspiration or simply a distraction. So thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.